Hello and welcome back to the Neil Sheehan Podcast. Today I have a serious question to raise and it's something that most people don't even think is an issue and it's something that just grinds my gears and it should grind yours too. And that question of course is what is the difference between spaghetti and lo mein other than the country of its origin? So I'd I'd like to assume here that uh, roughly there's always the idea that things are created at the same time in different places and people argue over who did it first. I don't really know about arguing with that, but I can of course recognize that lo mein is typically served with sweet and sour sauce and vegetables and spaghetti is served with marinara sauce and meatballs, but the noodles themselves are inarguably similar. You figure people call angel hair, that's a type of spaghetti, and regular spaghetti, it's just thicker angel hair, and that's all spaghetti. You can have spaghetti with marinara sauce, and it's spaghetti. You can even put meatballs on there, and it's spaghetti. You can have no sauce at all, and add some butter and salt, still spaghetti. But once you put the the, the duck sauce, or, or the uh, the stir-fry sauce, anything like that, then all, all of a sudden, it's it's a, uh, an Asian cuisine. And uh, that's, that's just something that doesn't make sense to me. Because look at food like chicken if you have a chicken wing and you put buffalo sauce on it you put barbecue sauce on it you put honey mustard on it you can put anything you want it's gonna be a chicken wing everybody knows what a chicken wing is but if you have a plate of lo mein or a plate of spaghetti people are gonna say that's spaghetti that's lo mein there's no coming back from that and that just doesn't make any sense some could even argue that if both noodles were served plain one could not even taste the difference, and I personally have tried that. I also am familiar with the fact that spaghetti can be served in multiple and alternate sizes, as I said, with angel hair, in addition to its original state, and I don't know if that can be said for lo mein, but as far as the taste and the texture of the noodles themselves, I see no difference. And uh, these are the things, ladies and gentlemen, I would just ask you all to open your minds you know, because it's just like, there's bigger questions out there. Like people have always been saying since the beginning of time, is the hot dog a sandwich? And if that makes sense, then what would be the taco? Is the taco a hot dog or is it a sandwich? Because at the same time, it's a three quarter covered uh, meat object and you're and you're eating it in the same fashion, you know, so... There, there's questions like that all over the place, but this is one that I never understand, and I don't understand why you have to slap an Italian label on one and a, an Asian label on the other. It just it doesn't really make any sense to me, and uh, I don't know if anybody else out there is the same, but I figured if I put it out, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for it, so I figured that's the only way to put it out. Now I plan to stray a little bit from the area of Asian versus Italian cuisines, which is a topic that I hear hold uh, near and dear to my heart. But I'm on to quite a different topic, and I have a lot to say about this one as well, and it's the topic of hatred, which is something that I have become very familiar with in the, in the past school year, uh, mainly from group projects and from uh, watching the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. But anyways, my question to pose to all of you is if the blue water of the ocean 
Is only blue in appearance because of the sky's reflection? Is our blood red because of the reflection of the fiery hatred in our heart coursing through our veins? Because I'd like to think so. And uh, if so, does anybody bleed white? Maybe somebody, uh, the purest person out there has never bled and nobody would know. Because personally, that makes sense to me. Because we all have a little bit of hatred, whether it's uh, hatred of the almond inside the almond joy, destroying the mound bar of all of its goodness. You know, I mean, you have a good thing. Why add something that's going to make you hate it? But uh, that just adds adds to the whole case. And if that is the case, is the term hot-blooded furthering the statement by suggesting that our fiery hatred transfers its heat through our heart? If this is so, is everyone who has ever bled full of hatred, or does all of this just make no sense? Uh, feel free to speculate on that one. Uh, and going off of that, when I talk about hatred... Uh, something that comes to mind for me is something that just happened recently. Um, and I noticed from this experience that I had is that in history, mankind has always been able to evolve by the following various groups of written as well as unwritten rules. Unwritten, I think, is the key here. I mean, if you're playing baseball and you slide with your spikes up, it's an unwritten rule, you know, uh... If you're driving and you're being an asshole, unwritten rule, you know, just like you can you can drive like like a jerk, but you're just not being a cool guy. And it's what you would typically be referred to as a ween on the Neil Sheehan podcast. Uh, one of the rules that's unwritten and I've always known this. I'm not stupid. I've been around. Actually, I am stupid, but I've been around. You know, I, I, I know the way. And. This unwritten rule is that in a party setting, the least drunk person is in charge of the music or the ox chord, as the young kids say today. So drunk people don't choose terrible playlists, which happens far too often. This rule was overtly broken in this experience I just had last night when a group of subhuman underclassmen creeps berated me by saying things like, Your playlist sucks. Or you can't play an entire XXX Tentacion playlist. Or why are you listening to Young Lean? And I respond to these statements with, I just did. If you don't like them, then you're un-American. Because I feel like that is uh, the best comeback. Because you can't argue with that. If you are against XXX Tentacion, you are un-American. I mean, he's had great lines... Like, uh, not, not a whole lot that are family-friendly, but you get the point. Um, and these people just don't see it. And, I mean, who are you to start an argument when you're drunk? And I know if you took a poll, probably 50% of the arguments made in a year are probably made by drunk people. But, I mean, how are you going to call somebody else's music taste crap while your face is in the toilet in about two minutes? Um... Music tastes and playlists aside, this situation begs the question, is nothing sacred? Uh, as the famous Joey Coco Diaz once said about them remaking uh, Creepy Carrie, is nothing sacred. You know, it was perfect the first time. Get it right. My playlist was perfect the first time. I got it right. I don't got to redo it. If I didn't get it right, I'd redo it. I mean, it's just like, does does Disney have to wait 15 years in between the original movie and the sequel no why do they do it 
so they can bank in on two completely different fan bases and make more money at the box office. I mean, it's it's uh they're they're playing to the uh to their pockets. They're not playing to the crowd. So I mean, all all of this all of this aside, I mean, I think between unwritten rules and and things being sacred, people just have to wake up. Myself included sometimes. So So what I'd like to address next is something that goes out to all you millennials and older out there uh, who may or may not remember the dawn of the internet, and not even the internet. You might remember uh, early CD-ROM programs and and video games. I'm sure if you went to public school in the 90s or early 2000s, you remember Midnight Rescue, I believe was the name of the game, the, the little blue guy in the jacket. Really primitive, but it was fun because you're controlling the guy on the screen just walking around. Uh, There were other games that were pre-programmed on the public school computers. And, I mean, for a lot of us, I know myself and my siblings, that was the first experience we had with video games. And from there, we wanted, you know, get the DVD player, get the the PlayStation 1. You know, we wanted more electronics because that was so revolutionary it's like it's like you're watching a movie but you're taking part in it too you know uh and i mean even even small things like i remember the elf movie had uh like mini games on the dvd like like you'd play with the controller and you look back and these things are so freaking stupid it's i mean the, the the elf game you you literally click left and right maybe three times the whole game it was like a shitty rendered uh like skiing game and you know like those those computer games don't don't really hold up and i distinctly remember in preschool and kindergarten they had like we'd have the playing stations and one of the stations was the computer station and on the computer they'd have their pre-programmed games and i mean by the time you got old enough that they let you play midnight rescue like i said i think that's the name of the game um I mean, by the time you got older for that, that was basically a side-scroller. It was like a poor man's Zelda or like a poor man's Maniac Mansion or something like that. Um, That was when it is called Midnight Rescue with an exclamation point, mind you. But when you got there, then you're like, okay, we're playing games. But you didn't get there right away. What you got right away was like Mickey Mouse and or, you know, most of the time it was knockoff Mickey Mouse. It was like Mikey Mouse, miserable Mikey Mouse or something like that. And it's just a point-and-click adventure. And I use that term very lightly because, you know, you click on a door and it opens. And there's, like, a guy crying in the corner with a box of tissues. Or, like, something, you know, like, just some two-second animation. And uh, it was amazing. You know, like, it blew my mind. I remember asking my mom for those games in particular just because you're controlling what's on the screen. And, I mean, that's what I think of as, like, primitive gaming. Like, I know that that would have been, like, banking off of animation and video games and pop culture because, you know, you had, like, your Mickey Mouse games, your Nickelodeon games that were just like that. Like, hey, Arnold, just your point-and-click, like I said, quote-unquote adventure. And I thought of this the other day because I've been seeing this this meme all around the Internet where it's a picture of the original Legend of Zelda cartridge and it has a screenshot of that, like how big the cartridge is, and then it has a screenshot of the game, and then how small 
uh, Breath of the Wild is, and then it has the the Switch, like, like, I don't know what you, I don't think you'd call it a cartridge, SanDisk, I'm gonna say SanDisk, it has that, and shows, like, how small it is, and how great the graphics are, like, it looks like you can see for miles in that thing, Um, especially the Switch version, great game, but the meme to me it's like it's it's funny cuz it's it's so true but legend of zelda is too good of an example to like be to be showing like yeah video games have come so far that was a good game you know what i'm saying like i mean that was it was a great game you play it and it still holds up there's some games those point and click games i mean some of them were were a lot most of them were aimed towards kids but there's some that weren't you know you can play i mean i loved mist growing up like great game now it's just like i mean and i know there's hardcore fans out there that probably wouldn't agree with me saying this but i mean if you play it now it's just so slow like that's the first thing i notice you know and like you want to talk about talk about that pc games like i I think they've made the, the biggest 180 more than anything else and i think that's a huge difference and i think also like I mean, yeah, obviously there's all the games, it's worlds apart, but I think that's just like everything, like it's not just video games, how times have changed, it's, I mean, look at cars, you know, it's like people probably just think cars are cars, but how fast do you think cars were going in the 1950s? I mean, try try to drive cross, uh, cross country back then, it's, nobody was going 80 miles in that, not that you're supposed to now, but nobody was going 80 miles on the, on the highway back in the 40s, 50s, even 60s, you know, um, so I, I think that's across everything. Like a lot of a lot of times it's kinda like when you know somebody and you're growing up with them and you don't notice how like they might get heavier or their face changes. So like I mean you're with the time you notice like the subtle differences between the Zelda games and then next thing you know it's like you know I mean, cause I, the first time I looked at Breath of the Wild, I'm like, ah, Ocarina of Time was better. I like the controls better, I liked and then I went back and played Ocarina of Time and I still like it better. But, I mean, the the graphics are just a world away, you know. And when you don't look at it, it's like, I, I, my first thought was, yeah, like, the graphics are better, but it's, like, it's not not a game changer. And then you play it, and it's, it actually is a game changer. So, I mean, that, that meme I thought was hilarious because it took me back. But I'm like, I wish they could have chosen a different, like, show, like, the original Duke Nukem versus a popular PC game today. Uh any one of them, you know, it's, uh, it, that, that's worlds away. 